This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the podcast for all of the news, notes, and breakdowns for your Ohio State Buckeyes. This is Sons of the Shoe with Nick Wilson and Spencer German. Hello, everybody. Nick Wilson and Spencer German back on Sons of the Shoe. Uh, we say it often. We mean it often. A loaded show today. We have to react to the Michigan National Championship. That happened. The Mike Brabel rumors abound. And it is a huge, and I mean a gigantic week for Ohio State. Not only have they added multiple names in the transfer portal since adding Will Howard since the last time we talked, they also have about five or six big decisions coming up in the draft. They've already had a few names enter the draft, so make sure to follow Sons of the Shoe and this podcast everywhere you get your podcast guy. Apple, Spotify, uh, the free Odyssey app, 923thefan.com, and of course you can follow us uh, with a video on 923thefan uh, YouTube channel there. But, hi Spencer German, how you doing buddy? Uh, other than having to deal with the reality that Michigan is a national champion, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I'll be honest with you. The toughest part of my week is going to be dealing with pissed off Ohio State fans that Michigan won a national champion, a championship. This has only refueled the aggravation, the the cat calls at Ryan Day. We're going to get into that, but we do have to get into the big news of the week that not only after landing Will Howard, Kansas State quarterback, to be their starter next year, not only did the Buckeyes potentially upgrade their interior offensive lineman um, uh, offensive line with Seth McLaughlin out of Alabama. The, the news we had kind of been wondering if it was going to happen. He was in Columbus over the week. They also officially landed uh, Quinshawn Judkins, the running back, the sophomore soon to be junior running back from Ole Miss. And can we just start here? Uh, the fact that Ohio state tried to spoil <laughs> the, uh, the Michigan National Championship by by throwing it out there right as Michigan was wrapping up their first national championship uh, since the mid-90s. I will say it was in no way effective, but it was very hilarious and very uh, petty. And I give you credit for that. You, there was no way you were stealing the spotlight, but no. the idea that you wanted to and you, you tried to, I do give you extra credit for that. I thought that was absolutely perfect. Like, like, listen, you can criticize Ohio State for a lot of things. You can criticize Ryan Day for a lot of things. You can be lamenting the fact that Michigan's a national champion and putting all the blame on Ryan Day for letting this happen and all this different stuff. But the fact that they dropped that, or, or not even they, he dropped that. Like, you know that they had to sit down with him and they said, hey, you know what we think would be a really, really good idea? Save the news that you're coming here until i don't know a little after 11 o'clock on monday night when a specific a very specific game just might be going final and then just put out there on social media yeah i'm going to ohio state just to try to one up the the michigan wolverines being national champions you're right it didn't work but impeccable timing and i gotta say like nothing says rival like like nothing says rivalry like trying to one-up your biggest rival when, in their moment by doing something like that. I thought it was perfect. I don't know who planned it that way, but bravo to them. Give that person a raise. If the other side or if the other advantage they were looking for in and in, in Quinshawn Judkins announcing uh, his commitment to Ohio State, if the other side of this, if it wasn't just about trolling, if it was about maybe stopping some of the Ohio State panic that has already happened – then they should have held off Quinshawn Judkins and Will Howard until that moment. Like I, I, the, uh, Quinshawn Judkins in and of himself, not going to do it for Ohio State fans to to offset any panic you might feel. If you had gone Will Howard and Judkins, maybe just maybe you might have been able to stave off the panic. Not for everybody, 
But for some of the more uh, easily pliable Ohio State fans, of which I am much more, I would say, rational and a, and a points pliable, as, as you saw from my reaction from Will Howard, uh, you know, coming to Ohio State last week, like flipping the Michigan panic meter on its ear. I feel like if you had held off, if you had held that Will Howard card with Quinshawn Judkins, I think you might have had a chance to reclaim just a little bit of that turf war with your fans who right now are losing their ever-loving minds about uh, the Michigan winning the national title. And, you know, while we're on the topic, I actually think, you know, Ohio State fans, including Anthony Lima, who does the morning show on 92.3 The Fan, I do the afternoon drive show. I don't know why I'm explaining that to you, Spencer, more to the people out there who might not know me from uh, The Fan. But I will say, a lot of people are looking down their nose at, at Quinshawn Judkins, um, much like they did Will Howard. Oh, and- I, I had I had a Michigan fan texting me last night, like, "Really, you're going to get excited about a running back after Michigan wins the championship just to find something to gra- cla- like grasp onto?" And it was like, "Okay, first of all, this actually is a good move for Ohio State if you like know college football, like." Judkins is a, is a great back. He was the SEC player of the year in 2022. He was near the top in terms of being one of the best running backs in the SEC again this year. Um, I forget. He didn't win SEC running back, or he, he wasn't the top guy this year. Um, I forget who won it, but, yeah, like he, he he's a good player. So it actually is a good move for Ohio State. So I, I think, like, it's twofold. The, the idea that it was a good move, but also the time, like what I enjoyed the most about it was the timing of it. Like the fact that Ohio State was trying to do this right, like it, like to the minute of Michigan's game going final, I thought was perfect. But yeah, like it is a good move, but you're right. And then I think there's probably a lot of people out there who see this and they think like, why would this get you excited? Like, oh, you're just trying to find something to grasp onto in, in a moment where Michigan's celebrating the glory of winning a national title. But it, it's actually a good move for them. The, the bigger question I now have is, like, what's the offensive line going to look like? Are they going to be able to actually run the football with both Judkins and maybe Travion Henderson if he's coming back? But you're well, right. Let, let's let's not this moves, I don't know that this moves the needle, to your point, as much as maybe Will Howard would have. Let's not skip ahead about the running back room itself because I think it, I think it now opens up a, fin, a fascinating um, conversation about where the running back room is going. And I'll start here. One, I think the power of Will Howard and Quinshawn Judkins is you have a lot of guys who are really, both guys really good in between the tackles. So in terms of short yardage, in terms of goal line situation, you now have, one, a running back who is dominant in between the tackles and has been a bell cow, but maybe wants to phase out of that because it kind of wore him down in uh, 2023. And then you have a quarterback who I think is the perfect red red zone you know goal line package for a quarterback as well short yardage package so i think those that was a bit of a problem for ohio state this last year and i think you saw they got a lot of third and favorable situations uh, or or short yardage situations and mayan williams was banged up and kyle mccord was not a mobile but just not a guy who that really was the strength of his game because he's not an overly big guy so i think when it comes to just will howard and Quinshawn Judkins, I think you've started to fix and have two real chances to fix your your short yardage situations, which I think only makes the offense more explosive because then all of a sudden you can take more risks and you can kind of go for it on second and, and short and make a big play and just gives you more variety of what you're able to do. Here's the other thing. You mentioned Travion Henderson, and you know at some point this week, Denzel Burke is declaring uh, either declaring whether he's coming back or going to the draft I think he's tomorrow. But yeah, I I would be pretty surprised if he didn't declare. I also, but we're expecting official word from Marvin Harrison Jr. We're expecting official word from Emeka Abuka, and Travion Henderson to me is the most fascinating case because injuries do absolutely impact your draft stock. And you can go back, especially when it comes to running backs, where you already have a short shelf life. If you've already had injuries in college, and with him, it's just been, it's been the whole thing. I I think it, I think there there's some line of thinking that if you can bring him back, and you don't have to do what you did this year, which is over leverage him. And you know, I, I mentioned Quinshawn Judkins being dynamite between the tackles. You know, Travion Henderson's a home run waiting to happen. 
And Travion has already been a big fan and, and very open going all the way back to high school about sharing the rock with somebody else. He's not a guy that needs to have the ball on every, every, uh, you know, every snap. I mean, I can't imagine a better pairing of, you know, you're saving a little tread on the tires for, for Judkins who clearly was, was run into the ground this last year after a, a prolific uh, freshman season and at Ole Miss and then you can save some of that tread on the tires for Travion, and you might be able to get the best out of both players. And you get the best out of both players, and all of a sudden, I think that changes what you're able to get out of Will Howard. I think it takes even le- it even takes more pressure off him. Like that's the dream. Listen, Dallas Hayden and Quinshawn Junkins, I think, could do similar things. But there's no doubting if you can get Travion back in the fold with Judkins you could have a legit all-time one-season, one-off tandem of running backs that we've ever seen at Ohio State, which is saying something because we've had some pretty damn good running back rooms. Yeah, I know Bobby Carpenter sort of put out there that the the Judkins move is kind of independent of of Travion Henderson's decision. Um, And and to what you mentioned, like he's open to the idea of splitting carries. I mean, he's done it the last couple of years. He did it with Mayan Williams this past year. Um, He did it with Dallas Hayden uh, a little bit as well. So, like, yeah, there's there's – Certainly, and Chip Trainum was another guy he, he sort of split carries with the time. So I, it, I don't think it's so much about that. And I think for a guy who's had that injury history, it's actually probably better for him to have a guy like Judkins in this backfield with him that can kind of take some of the workload off of him because it gives him a chance to not have to take such a beating. Maybe he does stay healthy for a whole season. And if he's coming back, I think that's – if he's coming back, yes, his, his, he, he has several goals in mind. One of them is – we haven't won enough at Ohio State while I've been here. I want to help them accomplish something. But I think the biggest one for him is, yeah, like I want my draft stock to be higher. I want to prove that I'm not this injury-prone running back that um, is going to just, you know, wilt in the NFL. I, I got to stay healthy for a whole season. So I think Judkins actually helps his case in that. Um, I, I, I will say, too, because as we look and we watch Michigan win the national championship the way they did, and I thought, I mean, I thought for a while, it was going to be like a boat race. And I know we're going to get into this a little bit more coming up next segment. Um, but the way they were running the football early, the way that they've run the football all year, and you look back on these games and these matchups against Ohio State, they have won by dominating the trenches and being able to run the football. And, you know, you saw it again. You, you saw it all season when Ohio State needed to get the ball, put the ball in the hands of the running back, work some clock, be physical. Even in that Notre Dame game, it, they, they struggled at times to even gain like a yard in, in that game. And then it took Notre Dame uh, at, at, on the goal line, having one less player in the field for them to finally punch it in with the, with the running back. Like this is, you bring up like you're, you're bringing in guys that are sort of tr- maybe showing that they're trying to invest more in. Yeah. We have these great, um, you know, uh, these great just sort of like otherworldly talented receivers who are, you know, your gadgety, fun, you know, uh, Maseratis, like like the Maserati Marv kind of thing that's been thrown out there. Um, the Jaguar Jeremiah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you've got these, these sports cars on the outside and it, it almost shows like maybe they're trying to get back a little bit to, yeah, we're still going to use those guys but we want to be a running team and we realized that that's important. And we didn't maybe invest in that. In the, in, not that they didn't invest in it because they did have Trey and Henderson, but like they're trying to find a quarterback that can run that style of offense. They're trying to find run. Uh, you're, they're trying to add a running back now that can obviously contribute with uh, alongside potentially Travion Henderson and they can go dominate that way. So I think it speaks to almost a, not a full philosophy change, but a mindset change at least from Ryan day and this staff that we're going to to prioritize running the football and making sure that we do that more effectively because we just watched our biggest rival go win a national championship doing that thing well. Well, and remember, like Ohio State had a pretty damn good running back room this last year. Um, uh, we already saw one or two of the kids in the portal. Uh, Evan Pryor's name comes to kind of uh, memory there. But like um, – you know, Chip Trainum was like you're one of a of a convert from being a linebacker, and I thought he showed a lot of upside. I think Kentucky got a hell of a yeah. football player, but like their bigger problem was health. Their two best players in Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson uh, got hurt this year, and you know Mayan, I mean, he was your 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 goal line short yardage kind of guy, and he just just couldn't stay healthy. 
And it's funny because, you know, Ohio State fans, one of the criticisms that I've heard is, well, he's just not dynamic. And I, I'll be honest with you. I think everything with running backs now depends on context. And I think you saw, if you've got to put Quinchon Judkins into, he's got to run the ball 20 times a game. I don't think you're going to get the most effective version of him, Mm-mm. right? And so I think, you know, if if this is Quinshawn Judkins and Travion, I think it has a chance to be amazing. If it's Quinshawn Judkins and Dallas Hayden, I think it has a chance to be really good. But I think, like, if you're going, if you if you're going to overutilize Quinshawn Judkins, it's not going to work out to the extent we hope. And also, I, I just think, like, here's the number one thing: the best uh, ability is availability. That's the big cliche, and that is what Judkins did. I mean, the guy was a war daddy despite wearing down. You know, yeah. he was a lot more explosive, a lot more efficient in, in his freshman year versus last year. Well, a way you can keep a guy efficient and and run in the best way is just to, to kind of keep him from wearing down. But the fact that I think he wore down a little bit this year and also didn't end up missing games, I think is a testament. I think that is what Ohio State needs because yeah. whether it was Abuka, whether it was on the defensive side, some of the safety injuries they had, whether it was the running Ends back room, served for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they they have had some injury issues. And I, I, I think Quinshawn Judkins, if you can use him in the right role, and just keep the dude fresh, I think can be a game changer, whether it's with Hayden as the other back or whether it's with Travion Henderson in a 50-50 split. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Um, and, and to go back to the mission example too, um, look like look how that team – and I, I know we're – again, I'm, I'm not trying to go too far down the path because we are going to react to the, the championship game itself – but I do think in a sport where we talk all the time, especially at the NFL level, Nick, about it being a copycat league, right? Mm. Look what Michigan's – Michigan's strength was their run game, and look what they had. They had this sort of dual pairing of backs that stayed healthy all year, and you knew you could put one out there and he gave you one thing, and you could put another out there and he gave you another. Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum, and, and those guys really stole the show in the national championship game, especially early – and Washington had trouble stopping them, and I like that to me just speaks to again. It's a copycat league. Ohio State is saying if we can get two really good running backs and pair them together, that kind of have somewhat different skill sets, and maybe one has a little bit more um, just availability or or isn't as injury prone as the other, then we have an opportunity here to sort of mimic what they did and prioritize this thing. So. Yeah, like I, I love the idea of those two guys being paired together. Even if Travion does go to the NFL and it's Dallas Hayden, I, I still think it could be an effective backfield. Um, but I, I think the idea of splitting carries and all this like bodes well for them and make sure that they keep these guys healthy for what's the, the most important time of year, which is going to be your game against Michigan in November. And then, of course, the college ball playoff, which we're assuming Ohio State's not going to fall out of the top 12 and that they'll be in that conversation again next year. Now, I I will say, though, like the next phase of this for me, as I kind of alluded to earlier, is what is the offensive line going to look like next year? Because, yeah, like you can have all the best running backs in the world, you know, It's but but it's one thing to have Nick Chubb who can bail you out anytime you might miss a block and he can still make a play using a Browns reference here. But it's another thing to have an offensive line that's opening up holes for you and being effective. And i got to be honest, Nick, of all the moves that Ohio State's made so far in the transfer portal and and, and sort of the, this offseason that they've done, the Seth McLaughlin move was the one that I've probably felt the most like meh about. And the and, and listen, it's it's more it's than just, just the Michigan playoff game. Come on. No, no, no. It's well, but here's the thing: the snap problems weren't just in that game. He had snap problems in that Auburn game, which is actually, if you go back and you watch the sequence, that led to um, Milrose touchdown pass that won them the game, the, the sort of like Hail Mary attempt there at the end. Part of the reason that they were backed up in like fourth and 32 or whatever the hell it was, was because he had a bad snap in that sequence. Like the snaps were an issue all year. And then also, and I, I want to be clear, I don't think PFF is like the end all be all for grades and, you know, how we should go in and just rank players. I think it's helpful. It gives you some context as to how how effective a player has been in any given season. So I'm not saying those guys are full of, are, are blowing smoke up your ass or they're full of shit, but I also understand like, yeah, you take some of that with a grain of salt. But 
his scores and grades this year on pro football focus among some of his contemporaries have not been very good. Like he's like the 230th ranked, I think like uh offensive lineman, or I, I might've, I think actually was the 230th ranked like center in college football. Um, so there's some concerns there just in terms of like how great of a player you're actually getting. And plus, like, I don't need a guy when you get on a, in a, in a tight moment against Michigan, like Ryan day, he, uh, he, he clenches enough against in, in those moments. I don't need you adding in the fact that your center might, uh, ground the ball to the quarterback and then completely ruin the moment for you. We call that the double clench. And just to kind of uh, kind of run it back with everybody. The vaunted double clench. The double clench. You never double clench. Everybody knows that. <laughs> just to kind of run through the names again. In the transfer portal, Ohio State's added a quarterback, uh, Will Howard out of Kansas State. Quinshawn Judkins running back out of Ole Miss. You mentioned Seth McLaughlin, Alabama interior lineman. Could play guard here. Uh, the returning guys already on the books, Jack Sawyer, edge rusher, the defensive tackles, Tyleek Williams and Ty Hamilton, uh, Lathan Ransom's coming back as a super senior, going pro, Xavier Johnson, who's been in school seven years, a wide receiver, Michael Hall, defensive tackle, and running back Mayan Williams, and supposed to announce here pretty quickly, Denzel Burke, cornerback. He, I think he announces pro. tomorrow. I think he announces yeah. on the 10th. Wednesday the 10th. Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, Emeka Abuka, wide receiver, Travion Henderson, Donovan Jackson, guard, JT Tui Moloau, edge, and Jordan Hancock, corner. So those are some of the other shoes we're waiting to drop. Obviously, Ohio State's still been looking at other offensive linemen in the portal. So if they add, I don't know, I'm just thinking out loud here, uh, F and tackle that could uh, block some of it, that'd be nice as well. <laughs> but we're going to put a pin in the new Buckeyes conversation because we want you to comment on our uh, 92.3 The Fan YouTube page or you, of course, can send it to Anik Wilson says at Spencito underscore is Quinshawn Judkins. Is that a impact difference-making move for Ohio State? And when we come back, uh, Michigan made the impact. They won the national title. Our reaction. But first, a word from our sponsors. All right, guys, I guess it's time. We've put it off long enough. Michigan are officially national champions. Yeah, after... I, lo I love that we didn't start with it, by the way. I love that we were like, you know what? It's too painful. Let's talk about something positive before we go to that. Now here we are. I, I couldn't do it, and it wasn't because it's painful. It's I just couldn't give those Michigan bastards that are bleep posting us in our comments. But uh, keep doing it. No, no, no. Don't give the thank secret Thank you away. for the views. No, and yes. Thank, thank you, you for, for the, the listens. Well, we appreciate that. <laughs> keep bleep posting us. But I just couldn't give them that meat. But I, you are a little bit more upset about what this means than I am. So I just want to yeah. give you a, a little bit of runway here to kind of unload what you think yesterday meant and what it, you know, how, how it kind of correlates to Ohio state football. I, well, I think I've kind of set the tone for my thoughts on it in a couple previous episodes too. Like there's a, there's a couple obvious things. The first one being it's your biggest rival winning a national championship game in your face. And there's no way Michigan fans were like happy about, uh, Ohio State fans like, oh, well, this is good for the Big Ten, and this makes that loss to Ohio State at the end of the season feel better when they won a national championship in 2014. So, like, I, I think that's an obvious one. I also think to the point I made a couple shows ago, like, this is basically the culmination of Michigan taking everything from you. Like, you were that team. You were the team that was the national title contender. You were the team who was going out and, and winning on that stage, and now they've reversed it and, and, and taken you down three years in a row – and now they're winning national championships. So there's those two things. But I also think, too, and I said this last night, part of why this – like I see the perspective that you bring to the table of, well, shouldn't this make you feel better? And on some level, I get it because, listen, you watched that game last night. You if, if you, you kind of went – you walked away from that feeling like if, if you put Ohio State when they still had everybody intact. Marvin Harrison Jr. was playing games. You know, Kyle McCord was still there, all that. When you put them up against Washington, you walked away from that game last night feeling like, man, Ohio State could have hung with this Washington team too if they were able to get some pressure on on um, Michael Penix the same way that that Michigan was. Like you felt pretty good about the idea that that Ohio State would have had a chance in that game too because they played 
Michigan as close as anybody. The only other team that even really came close was uh, Alabama, and and they walked away with the loss, obviously, in the semifinal round. So I, I understand that perspective, and I understand why maybe some people would feel, okay, well, hey, it wasn't such a – they're not so far ahead of you. They're not light years ahead of you in terms of you trying to catch them now. But at the same time, dude, like I – it also just makes me reflect back on this year and realize how wasted of a season it was because this year, and we were saying that all year long, Nick, like there was not a dominant for sure, just going to boat race everybody to a national championship team. This was, this year was as wide open as anybody. And I feel like, like even the Michigan team that won last night, they had flaws too. They were a beatable team. Ohio state proved that in that last game of the regular season, like, there was if you had the right team, you could have beat them. And if you had the right things, if you had things break your way, you could have beat them. If you don't maybe throw exception on one of the first series of the game, like Kyle McCord did, you maybe beat that team. But uh, and so for Ohio State, it's like you had a really good defense this year. You had a lot of weapons on offense, and because of mid quarterback play and a coach who thinks he's somebody he's not and clenches up in those moments and is afraid to, to go for it, you basically fall short of a year that also could have ended in a national championship, similar to the year before where you felt like if Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't get knocked out of the Georgia game, maybe you're playing for a national championship as well. So it, it just it, it adds to me to this feeling that this year felt like it could have been so much more and you wasted it because you didn't add at the quarterback position. You put your stock in Kyle McCord, and because Ryan Day did what Ryan Day does – and he became James Franklin in a big moment. So I, I want to start here. Um, I, I do think, listen, I think yesterday, and I think Michigan's run this year has crystallized Ryan Day's failure uh, this season. And to me, his failure was not getting the offensive line right and or um, failing at the quarterback position. And I, I'm done with this revisionist history on Kyle McCord. He was bad. He wasn't very good. He's not a very good passer. He's got a one-read thing, and if you took Marvin Harrison Jr. off this team, Kyle McCord's numbers would have been, um, I don't know, like he should have been the quarterback at Pitt or Wisconsin 10 years or ago. Syracuse where he's going to be. maybe a Mac quarterback. <laughs> like, I, I, he's a tremendous kid. He's not a very good quarterback, or he's not the level of quarterback. Now, I'm not saying that to pile on the kid. I just think this revisionist history that he's a top-10 quarterback because that's what his stats say prove that people talk out their ass and don't watch the football games. But getting back to it, th this run by Michigan can crystallize the failure of Ryan Day, and it also then doesn't need to be heightened every time Michigan has success. Like, I think that's where, like, and I and I, I count, I keep calling him out because I, I really like and respect Anthony and because I know him to be a true Ohio State fan. He went to Ohio State. Um, but Lima and the panicking. Like, pan oh, Michigan's, uh, Ohio State's never been more lost. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. And it was <laughs> five years. It was the end of the Earl Bruce era, and it was the beginning of the John Cooper era. And it feels really bleak right now. But it I don't think necessarily that lines up with reality in the three losses to Michigan, you really only got boat raced once. And last year was a really competitive game. And here's the reason why I think we're all lost in the soup when it comes to Ohio state this year, Michigan was a, a I mean, in, they, they're just a much better team than you watch that game last night. Like as good as your defense or your defense was, you weren't getting the kind of pressure consistently that they got last night. They consistently affected and sped up the process process for Michael Penix Jr., who's one of the most electric players in college football. He turned into a pumpkin. He was yeah. Well, I mean, no, they turned him into a pumpkin. Let's yeah, give them yeah. that credit. Yeah. You know, like every time Michigan's done something this year, it's been oh well, that's because the other team did this. No, Michigan. Listen, Michigan is what I think you need to have in to win a championship in any in any level of, of football. They were dominant and ferocious up front on both sides of the ball. 
they were able to get after the quarterback consistently, no matter who that quarterback is, no matter the style of quarterback. They did it against Jalen Milrow the week before. They did it against Michael Penix, a completely different quarterback. They basically dropped a bunch of dudes into coverage and said, beat us on the intermediate. And it took Washington a half a football to start making those underneath throws. And then when, when you know, everybody talked about the over-the-field stuff with Michael Penix Jr., I saw him miss a lot of plays on the outside going to the sidelines that if he connects on four of those, the game is different. But he didn't. Why? Because they consistently generated pressure. And up front, that's a hell of an offensive line. And it showcased in how they were able to run the ball last night at a dominating clip where, what is it, uh, almost a half into the game, they had 150 rushing yards. So I, I get that, like both, I hate to use this cliche because it's now overused in sports talk, but both things are true. Ohio State missed the boat. Ryan Day failed this year, and Ohio State needs to get better, and Michigan was the better team this year, and they are the rightful national champions. And the reason why I say that is, remember, like th- there's this there's this parable being spewed across the the ether that uh, Michigan is demonstrably better. No, this year's the first year I've seen. I've looked at them and said, well, they're better on the defensive line. They're better on the offensive line. They're better at quarterback. They're better here. They're better there. But like the gap between where mid- what'd you say? They're better at coaching. They're better at coaching. But like this is the like the gap between where Ohio State is. And where Michigan is, is nil. This isn't the Rich Rod era. People comparing this to the Rich Rod era or the Brady Hoke era are just fear-mongering dipshits. It's just not true. (laughs) And so, like, this is, like, to me, this is why a lot of people couldn't run an NFL team or a college football team, because they panic in the face of adversity. Yeah. And and what I will give credit for Ryan Day for is, I think he knows how big of a failure this year was and how because of his decisions the situation he put the program in specifically this year he also didn't panic on the way out of it and he hasn't panicked at any point whether it's the Michigan loss the Cotton Bowl loss 16 guys being in the portal so at one hand give Michigan their fucking flowers they earned it they were the best team in college football no matter if it was by a mile or by an inch and two just because Michigan won the national title doesn't mean the sky is falling and the program's headed in the right, the wrong direction. It's not that hard to get back to where Ohio State was yeah. because last year they lost to Michigan and they damn near went and went, won the whole damn thing. I'm I'm like trying to avoid yeah. more yeah. f bombs, but I just think <laughs> I think I think it's I think it's showcasing a fragility. Show in Ohio State fans that I think is a little embarrassing. Well, like, and if to, you really are the top dog, conduct yourself like a top dog. To add to your your commentary on the fragility of the fan base, I want to go back to 2021 where Harbaugh drops the line about being born on third base because on some level, like the reason, first of all, he was right. I, I think that Ryan Day – like looking back, like that kind of rubbed me the wrong way too. I was like, oh, Jim Harbaugh trying to add some spice to the rivalry. Here we go. That'll be fodder for next year and blah, 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 blah. And then he won two more times. And it was like, well, now you just kind of kind of admit that he was right. And I think he was right twofold though. I think he was right about Ryan Day. Ryan Day was handed that job, uh, a, a, a cushy uh, coaching gig that everything was laid out for you because Urban Meyer was there before you and Jim Trussell was there before him. And you had this this brand that is out of this world that everybody knows, the Scarlet and Gray. And, you know, the, the every time they're on TV, you get Gus Johnson dropping the the famous Ohio State Buckeyes. Like, th- th- he had all that in his corner. He had a great, great recruiting coming in. He had everything going his way. But whether or not he was a good coach was up for debate. And he outcoached him three straight years now where he proved that he's not necessarily the greatest coach and that it is more about it's it's not just about recruiting classes and brand. It's about actually being able to 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 huff it when you're out there on the field on the sidelines as the head coach of a team. And so I think he was right about that. But with those comments, the reaction from Ohio State fans, myself included, he was right about us. 
we thought we were just going to be handed the Michigan game every single year because that's what we had seen for over a decade now was, oh, Ohio State, Michigan's never going to get back to this again. Ohio State's going to own them for years to come. We all were sitting pretty, sipping on our drinks with a little umbrella in them, thinking that we had it made in the shade. And he he was right. Like, he was right about Ryan Day being born on third base. He was right about this fan base feeling like they were born on third base because we thought we could never have it better and it was never going to go away. And well, now he's turned it around. And and I will say to your point, the one positive that comes out of this is this: if, if this isn't a wake-up call, I don't know what is. So we're either going to know that Ryan Day is going to put up or shut up and he's going to actually get his shit together and go chase national championships and get back to prominence because of this, and it's going to be a motivating factor, or it's going to be that we learn that he's just not the guy and it is time to move on from him. So that's the best thing that can come out of this. But obviously in real time, like you hate to see it, but but yeah, I, I think Jim Harbaugh is 100% right about everything he said back then. I just want to welcome all you young Buckeye fans to the rivalry because I grew up with John Cooper and I grew up with like, I was in high school when Jim Trestle took over. And so most of my, most of me being cognizant of Ohio State, Michigan football was Ohio State being on the ass end of that rivalry. And this is a small window of time compared to what it was for the end of Bo Schembechler into Gary Moeller into Lloyd Carr, where for most of that time, almost a 20 year period, even though the games were competitive, they were still getting that win and they were still the more nationally relevant team. So I just would say to everybody, welcome to the rivalry because this is what it looks like. And And, and I'll also tell you this right now. I'm going to, I'm going to, I got to break down something real hard. The next person that says um, this rival, this championship doesn't count or um, they're just going to take it away. The NCAA, I'm sorry. You sound like the biggest effing loser on the planet. <laughs> like, I guys, I don't like losing. And honestly, we talked about it yesterday. My my partner, Mr. Buckeye himself, Dustin Fox, said he was rooting for Michigan because it was good for the Big Ten. And I said, damn that. No, I want Michigan Ew. to be fired into the he sun. He said the, that on the air? He said that on the oh, air. Yes. It, Dustin, and it, you have it changed, broke my, my heart. You it was like. It was it was like watching an idol. It was like watching Harvey Dent become Two Face in front of your eyes. Now, as I digress, the point is, guys, if if they were really just if this was all about Connor Stallions, if that's all there was, hey guys, they would have fallen apart the second they had to fire the kid. They would have fallen apart the second they had to fire the running back or the linebacker coach. They would have fallen apart the second that Sharon Moore had to coach six games this year, or it was four games, and then two other dudes coached single games like. They spent half the season without their head coach. They they were harassed and harangued by the NCAA, honestly, to a point of ridiculousness. And I get that they are completely, in any way, devoid of reality from Jim Harbaugh last night saying, oh, well, we're innocent. Guys, guilty people don't proclaim their guilt, okay? Like, watch Law & Order sometime. Everybody thinks they've been hoodwinked or bamboozled. So, like, the idea that Michigan, now that they won a national title, is going to be like, we are so happy because we are guilty as shit. Get out of your own damn way. I don't give about the, I don't give a rip about the sign stealing. They were the best team in college football. And if you want to try and retroactively take away a title, here's what you are. You're a fucking loser. And I'm sorry to go there, but some of you need to act like you've been <laughs> in this thing before. Spice. Because I'm just Spice. telling you right now, that's some first-class bullshit. I'm so sick of the whining and crying for a bunch of pampered ass little bitches who need to, yes, sometimes other teams win. And I get it. Life is hard. We don't get what we want. Mommy and daddy give me what we want. Michigan was a better team. And Michigan should have been sidetracked. If they were a lesser program, they would have been sidetracked by the cacophony of crap that they went through this year. And in fairness, that they put themselves through. So they're not the victims right? They're in no way innocent, but that's not why they won the national title. They won the national title because they were the best built team in college football, because they played best on Saturdays, every single opportunity they got, and because they're the best coach team in America this year. It's that simple. And if you think, and if you get some sort of sadistic satisfaction at the idea of the feckless, nutless, gutless NCAA stealing another national title away, which is a joke because it it penalizes the kids and not the coaches, not the administration, then you, sir, are what I said. 
a loser. Can I say I I, I I'm I'm with you, and that was a very fiery uh fiery res, uh, resentment of that of that of that take. I think a I think uh, a lot of fans say that because they know that it, it's like the one thing they have to try to trigger Michigan fans is like, well, hey, it's going to get vacated anyway. So I think it's kind of a trolling thing. But I also will say we are a uh, we are very much watching a lot of Bluey these days with a one and a half year old at home. And all I know is season three, episode three of Bluey. The message was cheaters never prosper. And uh, yeah, Bluey lied to me. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? Apparently Bluey never met Wall Street bros. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I don't know why sports ha- is the only place where everything has to be fair. And oh, gosh, wouldn't it be great? Everything has to be effing Mayberry to people, especially in college athletics. And it's like, guys, the big bad wolf is at the door. And the big bad wolf is not just the bag man or Connor Stallions. It's every bad faith actor in the sport. And it's impossible to eradicate them. College football has such bigger problems than Connor Stallions in this completely manufactured fiasco. And yes, they did things that you shouldn't do. They do things that are against the rules. Guys, welcome to college football. Your favorite politician does things against the rules. All right. That your your favorite YouTube blogger and podca- podcast host, not me, of course, does things that ain't great, Bob. So like this idea of, oh, it's compromised. Oh, it's compromised. You sound like a bitter little baby. You sound like you should be watching season three, episode two of Bluey and maybe <laughs> consoling yourself with a, with a nice warm baba. Hey, Bluey doesn't lie, right? Bluey knows all. Um, well, th- I think this does lead, though, into the question because th- th- with the cheating scandal and, and the science stealing and all this different stuff, we know the NCAA is still going to be knocking at that door. And this is part of the discussion about Jim Harbaugh's future, because I think he's at a point where he's like, I don't need to deal with all this bullshit anymore. I'm ready to go off and do other things. Plus we're hearing more and more smoke about the possibility that he could go. He talked about it last night. Let, let's here. We'll play this audio. Why and don't then we, we'll, why don't we take a quick break? Yeah, yeah, okay. And then we're going to okay. play the audio of Jim Harbaugh talking about his future, but not really. Plus the Michigan panic meter. Plus, I don't know if you know this big name out there in the coaching circles that Ohio state fans are name horny about. We'll get to that. Drop your comments though, uh, in the comment section here on YouTube on 92, the fans, YouTube, or, uh, send them to at Nick Wilson says at Spencito underscore on social media on X, but next we got to get into all that. But first a word from our sponsors. Welcome back to the show, guys. Uh, Before we get to the Michigan panic meter, something that might impact it after winning the national title uh, last night over Washington, uh, Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh was asked about adding a Super Bowl ring to his collection and maybe another shot at the NFL. Accomplishments in the big person's table. Would you want to add winning a Super Bowl to that? I just want to enjoy this. I just want to enjoy this. Uh, and I hope you give me that, you know. <laughs> Can a guy have that? Does it, does it always have to be, you know, what's next? What's, what's the future? Um, you know, like I said the other day, yeah, I hope, I hope to have a future. Um, hope there's a tomorrow, <laughs> a day after tomorrow, you know, next week and next month and next year. Um, and, and all those accomplishments. Jim Harbaugh sounds like me at the Chinese buffet. (laughs) Sir, sir, uh, you can't possibly eat anymore. Aren't you worried about your health? Can't a guy just have this? I want it tomorrow. I want it next week. I hope for tomorrow, but I am balls deep in this peanut butter chicken, (laughs) and and I need you to give me this, okay? So step off. I will tip you gratuitously. I think that's a word. And please allow me to finish my low main hashtag suck it. Um, I got to be honest with you. There's nobody that walks the charming or chotch line more. I mean, just yeah. dances around no, it than right. Jim Harbaugh, because I did find myself like on one hand, you hear him stammering through it because he, I think we all know like the subtext of that answer is 
I ain't going to be here. He goes full Magic Johnson there. I'm not going to be here. I kind of went full <laughs> Trump. <laughs> but that being said, he also is like, uh, but when he starts going into, I will hope to have it tomorrow and a day after and three weeks from now and two Tuesdays from now. That, well, and, see, that's that's the part you know he's gone. Yes, if he, had, if he yes. had just ended it at like, I'm just trying to enjoy this. You know, we don't get a lot of opportunities to celebrate things like this when we're so focused on the season and, you know, I'll, I'll think about that stuff another time. Like, if you just ended at that, but then he starts stammering through, like, yeah, I mean, there, there's tomorrow and the next week and the next Hope week after future. that. And and Hope then, you know, there, there's, there's the summer and then there's the, the winter and then there's the spring and then there'll and be next autumn summer. winds and, with John and, and, then, and then, yeah, like a couple of years from now, there'll be, there'll be several years have passed. And he's basically just walking us through how time works. Um, time is a flat circle. Like, we get it. Like, I, I, like that's where you know, like, He's just doing anything to avoid answering this question because he knows the truth. And the truth is that he gone. That's plain and simple. He is gone. And and I've been saying that all along. Like, like I said, I think to, to what we sort of talked about the tail end of last segment, the fact that the NCAA is going to come knocking um, and they're going to try to suspend him again. I'm sure And there's going to be more of this stuff hanging over him. He can get away from all that. Um, the idea, and I thought about this last night, the idea that he can now become just the fourth head coach to be Clint, to be, to, to basically be a national champion in college and try to win and win a Super Bowl. He'd only be the second one. Pete Carroll's the other to win, to truly win both because the other two, uh, Bobby Switzer and who am I missing on the other one? Um, whatever the, the other one, it, um, it was like oh, when Jimmy it was Johnson. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jimmy Johnson. That was back when it was just kind of granted to you as I should have known that he just got inducted into the Cowboys Hall of Fame. My bad. Uh, I, I, I had it and I lost it. Um, but anyway, um, just like Ryan day. Yeah. Oh. oh, zing. No, but like that idea, I think certainly means something to him. Um, and we know like he's been sort of trying to get back. And I think the Don Yee hire, like that doesn't mean nothing. That clearly means something's going on. Also, can I just say, the, the fact that the idea that he shouldn't be able to seek refuge in the NFL and people are like, oh, well, the NFL, the, the NFL should punish him. Listen, I, I don't love Jim Harbaugh. I'm not a big fan of him and, and, and whatever um, because of the Michigan thing. I'd probably like him more once he goes to the NFL and he's somewhere else. But, um, yeah, like like you, your charming Chach commentary is correct on him. Like he's, he, he kind of teeters that line of like, oh, I kind of like what he has to say about – NIL and paying players, but then he's also kind of like an asshole on the back end of some things. Um, Can can we, there's something missing from that comment. He's also kind of a jock nerd. Like the way he's kind of like, (laughs) so he's an analytics guy. He's like, he's like making himself chuckle at what a stoop, like what a goofy comment he's making. (laughs) Maybe nerds, not the right, but like, he's definitely an oddball that doesn't fit the jock stereotype, even though he's very much a jock. Like yeah, the man is, no. the, I will be honest with you. The man's a little hard to pin down. And I think yeah. that's because his parents are both like exuberant people. And let me just tell you, I don't give a rip about Michigan. Um, I, I hope they never win a game again. Um, Jack and Jackie Harbaugh make me a reality show off those old folks. Cause one, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, they still get it. They, those yeah. two still bump uglies with regularity. Those people, <laughs> menopause did not stop those people from getting it in. And two, oh, I'm going to tell you, it's good booty. It is good. They know how to do so, what they know how to do. Funny three, story. Oh. My my uh, my great uncle who played in the NFL, Tom Maddy, you can look him up. He played for the Baltimore Colts. Uh, one or, he, has a, he, had a, he, he passed away a couple years ago, had a Super Bowl ring from Super Bowl three. He played with Johnny Unitas. Um, he always used to bring it to our family weddings and things. Um, he married into our family. So he married my aunt mm-hmm. and before he married my aunt though, he actually dated Jackie Harbaugh for a very, very long time. Like they, they were together for a period of time and then it didn't work out. So for, I got to hear the deets on this. I got to hear the deets on this. Now I'd have to ask my aunt. I don't know how many, how much, how much detail she wants to go into. Does he have like an erotic memoir we can read? You know, something he wrote maybe (laughs) one night or a couple scotches. Maybe. Give give me more Jack and Jackie Harbaugh content because I don't know, like outside of my grandparents, I don't know. I have as much affinity for elderly people, the way I feel about the, the elderly Harbaugh's and there were people taking shots at them. After the who has oh, it better on. than us? Nobody. I thought that 
bleep was cute. Like when old people do it, there are things like when Jim Harbaugh does it, kind of a kind of obnoxious, right? You're you're a grown man. That's a child's expression. Get the hell out of here. But just old people having slogans, like I mean, you know what? Give me a YouTube channel just on the Harbaugh's and uh, the good Harbaugh's, not the not not Jim and John who are godless because they they coach Baltimore and Michigan. Give me give me Jack and Jackie Harbaugh. Meet the Harbaugh's. It'll be like uh, what was Ozzy's. Ozzy Osbournes, whatever that uh, the Osbournes, I don't even remember anymore. But I watched. Yeah, a they lot were just the Osbournes. But yeah. yeah, give me, give me that. If, if I, if my wife or what, what's that stupid show with the? Should have called what, it the Land of Oz. That would have been way better. Seriously, that you don't, you that nothing. That's not funny at all. <laughs> I'm no selling it. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, so, not, okay. I, listen, I give you a lot as a <laughs> podcast partner. I give you a lot. I can't give you everything. This is the Ohio State thing all over again. All right? I would do anything for this pod. No, no, but I won't do that. Not more um, meatloaf. Well, changing the subject, I wanted to say uh, I, I two things. I can't be in the lane that I loved Ryan Day going after um, – um, Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz. I can't be in the lane that I loved Ryan Day going after Lou Holtz and then get mad at people for going after the Harbaugh's because I it's very contradictory. So I guess I just gotta well, kind of let it be. Okay. I, wait, I, wait, I'm wait, not wait. saying I went after the Harbaugh's. I'm just saying how can I criticize when I was the one who was laughing at Ryan Day going after Lou Holtz? There's a massive difference. <laughs> Lou Holtz opened up his That's old true. gums. That's true. To talk bleep and question the manhood of Ohio State. The Harbaugh's just existed and are fun. So but never mind, I, never mind. You can't go after the Harbaugh's. Don't do like, it. Not not good. I wasn't in that boat. And if yeah. Lou Holtz is going to go and flap his gums on a mic behind a microphone, then he he's 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 a fair game to take to, to take some strays. But the other thing I'll say to go back to what I was mentioning, um, I like I I don't care if Jim Harbaugh leaves and goes to the NFL and doesn't get punished for this. And truly, he should be able to do that. Like, why does anything he did in college have to be impacted by him going to the NFL? It does not matter to me in the least if he leaves and there's like the idea that the NFL would have to suspend him or something like what do they owe what do they owe college football other than the fact that it's a free minor league system for them what do they owe college football and the NCAA to have to punish Jim Harbaugh if he goes to the pros it's stupid you know so I agree with you and there were similar comments when Pete Carroll left U, uh, USC in the yeah. wake of all the 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 financial stuff um and there were a lot of like national sports talk show hosts who implied that he should be suspended by the NFL. And I've not respected those national hosts since, because I think it's the dumbest take. I think it, and one, not just that, I think it's low hanging fruit because it ain't going to happen. It's something you say just to get an effect out there. And we all, I mean, listen, I think everybody in sports talk can be guilty of that, but like specific to that, I thought it was a bunch of crap, mostly because I completely loathe and despise the NCAA for all their crooked ways and the, the abuse of power and stealing championships from teams and stealing wins from, from uh, different programs like Ohio State, like USC. But I digress. I actually don't want Jim Harbaugh to go to Michigan. I, or sorry, to leave Michigan. I think he 100% is. I think there are enough jobs out there with owners desperate enough to make a move, like the move, right? The move where it's like equal parts, well, he's won a lot, and it also gives us relevance. I think the national championship just adds another diamond, you know, in that resume of, of Jim Harbaugh. So I do think he's gone. I don't want him gone. And this is where the this is where I, I, I double back on the loser mentality of Ohio State fans who will, who anybody breathing of sigh of relief when Jim is gone, you will have missed the opportunity to rebut Jim Harbaugh. And I don't like that. Like and I, I I'm sure hey, they felt hey. I'm sure they felt the same way about Urban Meyer. I was leaving, gonna say they're not complaining now that Urban's gone. Or or even Jim Tressel. Like I yeah. guarantee you that, that there were Michigan fans who were happy to see those guys go. That's not how I think. I want to. I want to. I want to pull the sword from the stone against Jim Harbaugh. Beating Sharon Moore next year isn't going to be the same way. And I think Ohio State, for all the caterwauling, all the crying, all the boohooing, all the bitching, I think Ohio State's exactly where they need to be. And okay, so where's your I, Michigan panic meter? Uh, it's it's where it was last week. I'm in the gray. I have no panic over Michigan. And, and and let me say, I commend them. You won the national championship for the first time in damn near 30 years. Jim Harbaugh cements himself as 
one of the greatest Michigan coaches of all time with this. Um, you are set up in a better position if he does leave than when any of your other recent head coaches have left since probably going back to Bo Schembechler or Gary Moeller leaving. And I think Michigan is right where it needs to be for the future. And I commend them, seriously. Winning a national championship cannot be, oh, well, the crop of the teams wasn't good enough. Oh, well, this, that, the other. No, you won the national championship, dog. Talk your smack. You've earned it. But specific to next year, I, I Ohio State's bringing back a hell of a defense. They're rebuilding that offense. And I think they're, I think next year could be an all-timer because Michigan's going to lose enough talent that uh, it's not that they're going to come back down to earth. But between losing Harbaugh and having to reshuffle the deck, I think there's an opportunity for Ohio State. And I, I'm I'm pretty supremely confident that Ohio State's going to win next year. How about you? I'm going to the white, uh, slightly out of the gray. I was in the I was in the gray, the light gray. I'm going to the white just because when Michigan wins the national championship, you don't like it, so it's going to move me move the needle a little bit. But I do think like the Judkins announcement coming minutes after they win tells me, like we alluded to earlier that Ryan Day is not fucking around. Like, he, he he's trying to right the ship. He's trying to do right by the program. And so I feel good about the idea that ne- going into next year, um, they're going to ch- get this thing figured out the way they should. I think it was her most explicit podcast so far. A lot of emotion, a lot of ranting, a lot of curses, uh, especially from you, Spencer. You're the good one, all right? I'm supposed – I am. Like, look at well, me. Well, I got to prove to you that I can naturally swear, and it, sound- it doesn't sound like I'm trying to overdo it like Kevin Stefanski, so – you got a little Stefanski. It's a good thing. Oh, yeah. Like, no, no, it's a good thing. Take that as a compliment. Like you're you you you're a good looking guy. You're you're in, in relatively good shape. I don't. That sounded like a shot. It's really not. Like <laughs> you got a beautiful family. Like you're you're everything people want to be. I'm I'm Dan Connors. I'm big. I'm fat. I'm loud. I'm bra- I'm brassy. I could be crass. Like I, nobody wants to be Nick Wilson. Everyone wants to be Spencer German. So, so take that, but don't run from that is what I'm saying. <laughs> Lean into it. I'd be, I'd, be, I'd, I'd be Nick Wilson. Got a, you got a good job. You got a, you got a beautiful family yourself. What's wrong with, what's wrong with being a little, what's, what's wrong with a little Nick Wilson? Uh, Cause there's a lot of Nick Wilson. That's what the <laughs> problem is. Uh, real quick here. We're, we don't have time to really get into the, the, the nuts and bolts of this, but Mike yeah. Grable, a lot of rumors about him leaving Tennessee. The, the, I was going to say the gist of it was Jordan Schultz reported um, that there's rumors that if Bill Belichick is out at, at, at uh, New, Eng- in New England, that Mike Vrabel is intrigued by the idea of returning to the Patriots as the Titans still sort of sort through what they're doing at the, the their coaching spot and if Vrabel is going to come back. And that brings Ohio State fans to want to completely recycle back the idea yeah. of Mike Frable. There's two problems. One, you don't fire head coaches in January if you're where Ohio State is. Two, I don't think Mike Frable wants to be in college football. Outside of potentially body slamming Urban Meyer a decade ago, the, all that's ever been said is that he absolutely hates recruiting. I don't think that would have gotten any better now in the NIL no, era no, no, no. and the transfer portal era. Um, if at any point, an opening comes up and he's also available. There's no way you would hate that, yeah. but it would be as much of a risk him coming from winning in the NFL to, to uh, winning in college as maybe going with a first time head coach like they did with Ryan day this last time. I think the key thing you mentioned is just the, the, the idea that he he's a, he's an NFL guy. I think at this point, like these coaches, I mean, they float, they, they float out stories and information all the time. It's why we get the report about Jim Harbaugh hiring Don Yee, right? Because that sort of suggests, well, he's got interest in the NFL. And every year you get a story about Jim Harbaugh wanting to get back to the NFL. Um, and it's the same thing in this instance. Like if, if Mike Vrabel really wanted the Ohio State job, he could have floated a month ago when everyone was hot and heavy for fire Ryan Day because he lost to Michigan for the third straight year. He could have floated a month ago. Yeah, I've always wanted to return to my alma mater. That'd be cool, and it could have been one of these stories that an insider reports. But the idea that now you're 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 over a month removed from that, and the refer- the things that are being floated about him are well, he has he has interest in another NFL spot somewhere else where he has ties to. I think that sort of closes the book on any idea that Mike Vrabel will come back to Ohio State and be the head coach here. So well, I, it's, it's pie in the sky. I love that idea too. I'd love Mike Vrabel to come coach this team. And I think he's a great coach, 
But I just I think some guys are, are better suited for the NFL, and that's what they want. And some guys uh, are suited for college, and, and they're willing to stick it out and be there for a longer period of time, like, you know, circa uh, Nick Saban. Well, and I think if you're an Ohio State fan, I think the concern is timing. Like, now feels like the right time to get Mike Vrabel. But I, I think – if if the only gauge of the success for the future of, of Ohio State football is that Mike Vrabel comes in and saves the day, I think you're missing that Luke Fickle has a chance to do that if he keeps rolling at Wisconsin. Brian Hartline could be a guy that gets elevated. He Eventually, has become yeah. wild. I mean, maybe as soon as next year, if Ryan Day were to go off to the NFL or if Ryan Day were to get fired. Brian Hartline, like start to look at the guys that have been in Columbus that are somewhere that have – and not just that. I mean, you could – I know he doesn't – he's not an Ohio State guy, but Kalen DeBoer is a guy that if Jim Harbaugh leaves could get serious run at Michigan. He's a winner, a little bit older, but a guy like – you're going to have your pick of coaches. So the idea that Ohio State has to speed up a decision on Ryan Day because of Luke uh, because of uh, Mike Vrabel, I think it's just another way of you conveniently using Mike Vrabel to leverage your desire to fire Ryan Day. And fortunately, really smart athletic directors – they don't think that way. They allow <laughs> things to play themselves out. We really got to run here, but please make sure, leave your comments uh, in the comment section here on YouTube or send them uh, on Twitter, at Nick Wilson says, at Spencito underscore, if you'd like to rebut anything we've said today, haggle with us, argue with us. Also, please make sure to follow the show. Wherever you get your podcast, we're a new podcast. We, uh, we appreciate your patronage. That includes Apple, Spotify, uh, the free Odyssey app, and of course, the 92.3 The Fan YouTube channel. With that, we've hit the hour mark. Spencer, I got to run. Go Bucks, buddy.